Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 53 of the TFA Dino Show. I'm Robbie Jeffries, and I'm rolling solo and going to talk about a semi-recent Superflex Dynasty startup mock that I participated in with guys over at CBS. It's that time of year, right? We're doing startups. I just finished one. I'm going to be starting one here in a couple weeks after the 4th of July, and I feel like there's so many changing dynamics in Dynasty right now, especially startups, because you have the rookies that are now thrown in. How do we value all these players that are another year older? Are they starting to hit that threshold where we should be waiting on them for a couple more rounds as these running backs hit age 27, 28, these wide receivers hit age 29, 30. And so, you know, I think all that stuff is what I want to get into on this podcast and walk you through kind of what I did. Cause I'll be honest with you guys, this was not a mock that I crushed and that's kind of why we do the mocks, right? Because we want to figure out where we would take these guys, where we should have maybe waited on a position or waited on a specific player. And this one was a tough mock. I'm in there with uh, some good fancy minds and I was drafting um, at an interesting spot. So before I dive into the mock itself, I just want to take a, a quick second and just say, hey, we appreciate everybody who listens. And if you guys could, we haven't had a review on our podcast for quite some time. So if you could just take a couple of minutes and go rate and review um, our podcast feed, we would really, really appreciate it. We want to continue to grow so other people can find our content and our information. So if you could just take a couple minutes, give us a rate and hopefully a five-star review. If you do like the content, it would be very much appreciated. Let's dive right in to this mock, ladies and gentlemen. This was, again, a Superflex Dynasty startup. It was hosted by CBS Sports, and we had, like I was saying, some heavy hitters, right? We're talking about Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richards, Heath Cummings, Chris Towers, RJ White, Adam Azer. Also, a shout-out to some other fancy names that were in the industry, Faith Ennis, Ryan Weiss, and my guy, Matt Renshaw, was also in this mock with me. So, uh, shout out to Matt Renshaw there. This was 18 rounds. The starting lineup was a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, as opposed to sometimes you see just two. So three wide receivers. You'll see how that comes into play a little bit later. A tight end and then a super flex again. Most people fill in that spot with another quarterback and then one regular flex and then a bunch of bench spots. So I think the mock started out pretty interestingly. With There's a little bit of a shakeup in the draft order. You know, I went in thinking – I was going to be the 108, and then all of a sudden I got moved to the 101, uh, which it's always kind of tough drafting on those corners, right? If you're the 101 or the 112, you have to be ready to, to pick it because you don't have a pick for a long time. After you make your two picks, you got 22 picks coming in between them. So it is a long, long time to wait and see what position might go on a run, and you might miss out on a certain tier of players at a certain position. So such is life. You know, when life uh, gives you lemons, you, you make some lemonade. So let's see how this started. And, and I kicked it off 
at the 101 with Josh Allen, who I view as the top quarterback in Dynasty right now. I think a lot of people will kind of point to Patrick Mahomes. He's been that guy, right, the 101 for the last couple of years. But Josh Allen is younger than Mahomes, and he's outscored Mahomes each of the past two seasons. He has a stable offense, and he has good weapons around him. So it's kind of an easy choice for me where I have – Josh Allen, you know, just a little bit above Patrick Mahomes, but enough where I'm not mixing my picks. If I get the one-on-one, I'm taking Josh Allen just about every time. So when the pick came back to me, you know, we are going through the rest of the first round. Second round, I'm the last one to pick. We've had 22 picks come off the board here, and I'm about to make pick number 24. There were 11 quarterbacks that went off the board with Trevor Lawrence coming off right before my pick there at 24. Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews were gone. Roughly your top five dynasty running backs and wide receivers were gone as well. So I was looking really, really hard at Joe Mixon, Brees Hall, Jalen Waddell, and A.J. Brown were kind of my next top four guys that I wanted to pick. And, and in hindsight, I probably would have split the picks at the position to go one at each position, right? But not knowing that the market would hold up, the running back market would hold up, I went with two running backs. You know, I was like, man, I think these running backs are going to go off early. I need to make sure I get my two running backs because I have Josh Allen really set uh, as a good anchor at quarterback. Let's get these running backs before they fly off the board. So I went Joe Mixon and Brees Hall, and I feel like, you know, I could focus on a second quarterback, wide receivers, and possibly a tight end later if the value is right. Um, But again, in hindsight, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, I wish I would have split this up and then maybe Jalen Waddell and and Brees Hall or, or some combination of these players because nine of the next 13 picks that came off the board were wide receivers. And so 12 came off in the next 22 picks before I was up again. And, and that's where I wish I had split, right, and gone one wide receiver. But there were really good running backs who fell here. Uh, you know, I could have had Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley were also on the board. And so if I had not gone, uh, you know, Joe Mixon, Ambry, so I could have one of those guys in my running back too. So instead I was looking at wide receiver pretty hard because I don't have a wide receiver. You have to start three. I'm looking at Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, Keenan Allen, as some of my top options there. Tight end had Kelsey off the board. He went right before me. And the top QBs were Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, and then kind of a tear break uh, in my mind down to Kirk Cousins and Jameis Winston. So I opted to secure the young and promising quarterback too. You know, I felt the options from a dynasty standpoint at quarterback really dropped off after Zach Wilson. You have Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be great, you know, but for how much longer? You know, he did sign that new contract, but it's just maybe a couple more years for Aaron Rodgers. And so I wanted to lock up a young guy that has Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall in that offense. And then I also took Deontay Johnson as my first wide receiver off the board at 501. Now, if I had split those those positions earlier, you know, would I have rather had Mixon, Brees, and Deontay Johnson? Or would I rather have had, you know, Brees Hall, A.J. Brown, and then Saquon, right? That that was kind of my dilemma. And I think I like the the trio of Brees, A.J. Brown, and Saquon better than Mixon, Brees, and Deontay. You know, you, you take a little bit of a drop from Mixon to Saquon, but I think A.J. Brown is clearly a safer and better wide receiver than Deontay Johnson. So um, if I could redo it, that's what I would have done. But again, we're mocking, and I want to walk you guys through where I made mistakes so that hopefully when you guys are mocking, you guys can see some of these similar trends and, and make those adjustments and, and and mock better. So just to recap, my, my squad right now is Josh Allen, Zach Wilson at quarterback, Brees and Mixon at running back, and then Deontay Johnson at wide receiver is not too shabby. And let's go on to the 6'11", which I feel like is, is my best value pick here of the entire draft. I picked up Travis Etienne. I think he had fallen probably too far, right? Running backs have been taken 
uh, a lot in round five and kind of the last few picks in round six before I was up. And I, I felt like Travis Etienne was kind of that tear break before you got to the Leonard Fournette's and James Connors of the world where those guys are going to be good in redraft, but I don't know if they're the starting running backs there in, in probably two years where Travis Etienne I view as kind of that young lost his rookie year, but he's in that offense that's building around, you know, Trevor Lawrence and, and Doug Peterson at the helm. So, so that was my six twelve pick. And then I had my seven Oh one. And this is probably where I made my biggest mistake, right? I already have one. This is probably the biggest mistake here. I, I had my eye on Rashad Bateman as my wide receiver too. You know, I really love his potential as that main wide receiver in their passing offense. And I think it took a big step forward in pass attempts in 2021. And I know that that won't uh, maybe continue here as they get back J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. But I do think the efficiency turns back the clock to maybe 2019, 2020 Lamar Jackson. And so I love his potential as a wide receiver there. And I loved his prospect profile. But I did fear that there was going to be a run on the tight end position. And with that being, you know, me on the turn, I wanted to make sure I grabbed TJ Hawkinson. He's who was the last guy in my tier two tight ends. And so I grabbed TJ Hawkinson, opted for him over Bateman. And I feel like that that was a bad decision because when you have to start three wide receivers and this isn't tight end premium, I, I, that really should have pushed me towards Rashad Bateman because we're going to see what my wide receiver two and three looks like after I pass on that position for another round. And instead of getting Hawkinson, could I have waited and we see – uh, tight end like Dallas Goddard go with the 10-11 turn and grab him instead of Hawkinson at the 6-7 turn. So we have Allen, Zach Wilson at quarterback, Mixon, Brees, and ETN at running back, and then still just Deontay Johnson, a wide receiver, and then Hawkinson locked in at tight end. And then this is where a ton of young, solid wide receivers come off the board between my 6-7 and seven pick and then my 8-9 and nine pick. I mean, we're talking about Rashad Bateman, Chris Olave, Sky Moore, Jamison Williams, Elijah Moore, Darnell Mooney. Right before my pick at 8-12, Zeke went off the board, who I thought was a really, really good value if I still needed running back, which I didn't. But that was insane value for probably what you're going to get running back two production, if not running back one production. Now, I know the longevity probably isn't there, but he also came off the board. And then so it wasn't meant to be, but I was kind of looking at wide receivers like Allen Robinson, Christian Watson, Mike Williams. Michael Thomas, George Pickens, and DeAndre Hopkins. It's it's kind of a hodgepodge of guys here. We all have question marks, either unproven, like the young guys, Watson and, and Pickens, or kind of over the hill, like Michael Thomas and, and Hopkins. So like I didn't have any option at quarterback because there's no real studs left. Running backs dropped off, and I'm set at tight end. So I'm looking to probably double dip at wide receiver because I've kind of forced myself into that position right now. And I probably should have looked at one of those rookies. So this will be mistake number three. I told you guys, this wasn't my best mock. Made a lot of mistakes here. But I probably should have looked at a, a mix between a vet and a rookie, right? A guy that's proven, maybe a little bit over the hill, but at least I know I'm going to get production. And then a younger guy that's kind of up and coming. But I didn't do that. I went with Allen Robinson and Mike Williams kind of based on the offenses that they're in. And see them both being high upside wide receivers for probably the next two, maybe three years, four years in Mike Williams' case. And, and and in hindsight, I probably should have done Mike Williams and then the potential of, of Christian Watson or George Pickens just because in two, maybe even three years, those guys don't have any value left, right? And on the other side, Christian Watson or Pickens, what if they don't hit? They're probably still kind of maintaining somewhat of value just because of their youth and they're tied uh, to decent offenses. But then if they do hit, I mean, they're skyrocketing up the board and that value is so much higher for me in Dynasty. So Needless to say, uh, it hasn't been my best mock so far, but that's why I am 
talking this through with you guys, and that's why we practice so we can learn about these challenges and pitfalls, especially when you're drafting from the turns because it is rough in these streets at the turns. So with my starting lineup kind of filled up, it's it was time for me to start looking at some depth pieces, and I knew I was weakest at wide receiver. So at my next picks, I snagged the new rich wide receiver in Christian Kirk, you know, who has a really solid chance of being Trevor Lawrence's wide receiver one in an offense that's going to throw over 600 times. They did it last year. Doug Peterson loves to throw the football. I think they're going to definitely throw 600 times. So we're looking at maybe 130-ish targets for Christian Kirk, which I think is really exciting when you think about what he could do down the field. And then I took Alan Lazard for some immediate production there with Aaron Rodgers. You know, he had eight touchdowns and just about 60 targets last year. If, if those targets bump up into the, the triple digits, I'm, I'm excited for that touchdown total, what that can turn into. After that, we're getting into rounds 12 and 13, and I really started to focus on building my quarterback depth, right? So far, I have Allen and Wilson. And so then I double dipped, taking Mariota, Marcus Mariota and Mitchell Trubisky as two stars that I can see. Uh, you know, they're, they're slipping to, to me here in these spots that they're, they're going to, one of them is going to be a starter, if not both of them. And, and so I'm really excited about the opportunity for one of those guys to just have some relevance. And if I need to trade them for another asset, upgrade a wide receiver, I can do that to a team who's maybe needy at wide receiver. They get an injury. Someone goes down. Uh, Malik Willis went right before me and Desmond Ritter was the pick right after me. And I thought about those rookies, but just with how this team build was shaping out to be, I needed a person that I think is going to be starting week one so that I had the opportunity to flip them if I needed them, if I needed to, to trade them to upgrade at another position, but also could utilize them you know, if there was some Zach Wilson struggles right out the gate. After that, at the 14-15 turn, I snagged at what I think is one of the better handcuff running backs in the NFL, and that's Daryl Henderson. You know, we've seen Cam Akers with this major injury did not come back. Uh, well, he came back, but he did not look great coming back, right? So um, I think that Daryl Henderson with Sonny Michelle out of the picture is really kind of poised to be that really nice handcuff if something were to happen to Cam Akers or if he just wasn't getting the job done coming off that Achilles injury. So he was a nice value for me at the end of the 14th round. And then I snagged my second rookie and first rookie wide receiver in Jalen Tolbert. I think with Michael Gallup projected to either start on the pup or just not be 100% for the first couple of weeks, I think Tolbert has a really interesting opportunity in this Cowboys passing offense to just come in and get immediate targets and good targets from a good quarterback and a good system. So if he's starting opposite CeeDee Lamb, I know James Washington is there, but I think Jalen Tolbert has an opportunity to kind of come out the gates hot. And I think that that could maybe help my wide receiver weakness that I have in that room. And then obviously, you know, because it's a super flex draft, I'm always looking at quarterbacks here in these rounds because I think people look at some of these, you know, Mitch Trubisky's, Marcus Mariota's, Drew Locke, Geno Smith, like all these guys, and they're saying, hey, now these guys are, are not great. They're, they're going to be bad. I don't want to mess with them. And I'm kind of the opposite. I want to look at guys that, that are in that range because one of them is going to be the starter and they're going to be starter for a certain amount of time. And if somebody needs a quarterback badly – I can flip that guy to him for a, a, a profit, right? There's no position that gains more value in a super flex than a starting quarterback. We've seen it with backups. They come in, you know, they're going to start for four or five weeks. You can flip that for a second round rookie pick. Like it, it can happen. So this is where with my 16th and 17th pick, I ended up grabbing Drew Locke and Geno Smith. You know, I was like, hey, I think I'm going to get this starting quarterback one way or the other for the Seattle Seahawks. And so once I do, and I know that I can flip them to somebody who needs a quarterback at some point. And then with my final pick in the 18th round, the very last pick of the draft was Sam Darnold, who was the last starting quarterback at this time, right? 
uh, on the board. So, you know, does, does maybe Sam Darnold get replaced by Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield? Does, does Baker Mayfield go to Seattle? Yeah, that can absolutely happen. And these other picks are not great, but they were my 16th, 17th, and 18th round picks. Their upside was worth the, the shot there. So I, I really think there's some good trade value with the quarterback. So let's re- recap this roster. Went really heavy on the quarterbacks later. Uh, Josh Allen, Zach Wilson, Marcus Mariota, Mitch Trubisky, Drew Locke, Geno Smith, and Sam Darnold. At running back, I went Joe Mixon, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, and Daryl Henderson. Wide receiver was Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson, Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, and Alan Lazard with Jalen Tolbert. Can't forget him. Nice little rookie there at the end. And then at tight end, I had TJ Hawkinson. So you know, let's just recap so, so everybody listening kind of knows what I would do differently and how we can become better mock drafters. You know, I one a trade, obviously, if you're at the turn, you have to make trades. You have to trade down when the value isn't right. You need to trade up when someone's falling, you know, trade up for that running back too, who people are overlooking, trade up for that uh, rookie wide receiver who people don't love because he didn't run a great 40, whatever it is. Make sure you're trading. And then the other thing I, I'd probably say is that I would not have taken TJ Hawkins of where I did. His value was fine, but I could have gotten a lot better value at the end of the 10th, start of the 11th with Dallas Goddard and really improved my wide receiver room a lot and then and then that split decision right instead of going running back running back with my second and third pick i think splitting those up grabbing a wide receiver especially when you're starting three wide receiver and then grabbing a stud running back i think that, that would have helped as, as well as mixing those vets and rookies right like if you're going for the rebuild right you're going for what they call the productive struggle you don't want to take bets you're taking the young guys anybody who can retain their value at least or increase it if they hit but i'm not doing that I, i'm i'm normally trying to build to compete year one. And so even though I, I like the vets, I want to make sure I have some value that's returned to me here down the road two or three years later. So that's all I've got. You know, like I said at the beginning, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And we made some bad lemonade to start out with in this mock, but there's plenty more mocks to be had doing better in the dynasty startup. That's probably what I'm going to read off for you guys at another point is how I did in a dynasty startup draft that I did in this last week and a half. Cause that one, I did a lot of trades and there was a lot of finagling around in the spots. I was again at the turn. It seems to always be happening to me where I'm at the turn, but I'm going to read that one to you guys because I think that this mock helped prepare me to do better in this actual dynasty startup. So stay tuned for that. Like I said, give us a review if you would be so kind. And then let us know what you guys want to hear from us. We're going to be going through dynasty mocks. We're going to be going through dynasty startups. We're going to be going through dynasty strategy. I think that's an important thing to talk about during the summer, your auction strategy, your snake draft strategy. You know, how you value picks, I think, is extremely important. So we're going to be talking about all that all summer long. And then we're going to be going through a preview of each team, each and every division. So stay tuned for all of that and more. Catch you in the next episode. One day when the tongue in his tongue will take a leg and go She had not been two weeks from shore When down on her will bore The captain called all hands on sport He'd take that whale and so Soon may the man come To bring us Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.